podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Hello there and welcome to your Champions League preview here on the AI Podcast channel. I'm your host Andy Wales and as Liverpool get set to take their first step of what we hope will be many in this business end of the competition, uh, I'm delighted to be joined by a couple of great guests to help me look ahead to the tough task of travelling away to Porto and get some insight on our opponents First up is an Anfield Index regular. He is the man of a thousand podcasts, of course. It's Guy Drinkle. Good evening, Guy. Yeah, Andy, how are you doing? Pod number uh, one million between me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh, and yes, at the head of the, at the top of the show there, that Champions League music, it gets us all excited. It's um, It's that time again, isn't it? Oh, I absolutely. I mean... Especially when we've been out of it for a couple of years, just hearing it, just like, oh, God, the Europa League music's so crap, but no, nah, nah, we've, now nah, we've got it, and hopefully it doesn't go away again. Yeah, special music for a special occasion, so, and then, and then that means that I need a special guest as well. So my other guest is a Portuguese football analyst for Football Radar, a new voice to uh, to Anfield Index, it's uh, Jamie Farr. Welcome along, Jamie. Good evening. Thanks for having me along. Uh, a pleasure. It will be all ours. Um, unless you tell us that Porto are going to be this incredible task and, and they're going to be basically <laughs> like kryptonite. <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we said, look, it, Champions League, we're back. It's it's the business end of the market now. Uh, the, the group stage is all done and dusted. It's the knockout stages. Uh, this is where things really get interesting. You know, the two legs, the the adrenaline will be pumping through our veins come Wednesday night. Um, before we get into the match itself, I want to take a, that little look back, little retrospective look back so far for both teams, uh, how they've done in the group stages. So, Jim, I'll come to you first. Um, talk to us about Porto's performance throughout the, the group stages. Uh, well, I think uh, it was one of the most interesting groups that was drawn initially. Um, they all felt, all four teams felt very, very evenly matched. Um, Porto in a group with uh, Besiktas, Monaco and Red Bull Leipzig. And uh, when the draw was announced, I think that on paper that that had the feel of a of a group that was so evenly matched that you know it seemed reasonable to to suggest that either team uh, any team any of those teams could have finished anywhere between first and fourth really um so i think that was always going to be very open in that respect but uh i think um well i certainly felt a little bit um confident i think the fans probably did that they 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 could at least have a good chance of uh 
securing second, which is what they ultimately did. Um, they did start with a bit of a wobble. Um, they lost 3-1 at home to Besiktas, although that would sort of, sort of later prove to be, um, you know, almost an acceptable result in the, in the sense that Besiktas surprised a lot of people by sort of steamrolling their way to, to winning the group quite comfortably in the end. Um, but what was really key for Porto was, was uh, as is always the case in, in that regard, was the response. Uh, and in their second game, they won 3-0 away at Monaco, which was a really impressive result. Uh, and that was really, I think, you know, a, a good catalyst for them to, to, for them to believe that they could, they could get out of that group. Because I'm sure, you know, with Monaco reaching the semi-finals uh, last year, I think they might have been, even though they had a few uh, losses of their own uh, in the in sort of key players in the summer, I think they would have been a lot of people's favourite based on their their name alone. So to win yeah. away at Monaco like that was very impressive. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, just on paper, you, you know, you you mentioned that, yeah, Monaco lost a lot of players, but they also brought in some players and people were talking mm. about how, how astute they'd been in the market. And yeah, given their performance in the previous year, you, you would have expected Monaco to do certainly a hell of a lot better than they did do so yeah on paper that that's that, that's pretty impressive isn't it yeah definitely uh yeah as you say it was a real surprise that uh monaco in the end you know produced a very limp challenge and sort of comfortably finished bottom of that group in the end but um i think it was um more the manner uh of, of the way porto uh, went about winning that particular game as I say, I think that was really pivotal, uh, pivotal um, for the for how the the group would go because, you know, Porto executed a, a really well organised counter attack um, game plan on the night and won convincingly in the, in, in the end. And um, you know, it was very much a, a case of Porto playing well as 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 well as Monaco not really performing to what they're capable of. So. Um, but then, uh, yeah, to follow to follow that match, um, to to get to the, the the double header point of the group, there was a, a couple of really sort of really thrilling and nail biting uh, contests with 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 Leipzig. Um, they lost they lost the first game in Germany, three uh, two, and again, you know, this 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 means very very much under pressure at this point in the group, having lost twice already. Um, but they. It ended up winning the reverse at uh, at the Dragal 3-1, um, which is quite interesting, really, because that it was a it was a late goal they scored to make it 3-1, and that would that that ended up proving a pretty crucial in the end because that actually gave them the head-to-head advantage over Leipzig, um, which yeah, as I say, on on the final um, game of the group was was a, a really big factor, so that was a really important win. Um, and then they got a what uh, again would be a quite a quite a crucial point away at uh, away in Turkey at Besiktas, who I think by that point have taken taken their foot off the gas a little bit. I think they might have won um, the first four games, I, I believe, and they, they were certainly doing well at the top of the group. And um, so it just came down to to the final game with uh, at home to Monaco, and I think. Um, I think Porto did benefit a little bit from the fact that, as I say, by this point Monaco were they can't have been particularly motivated to to um, to show up really, and they they they, they put in a pr- pretty um, 
below par performance. But again, Porto were brilliant and um, thrashed them 5-2 in the end. A lot of goals in that group. That was quite quite a theme. So, um, but ultimately, I think um, Porto deservedly got that second second spot and maybe uh, maybe a bit of extra Champions League um, nous and experience over a team like Leipzig, who are quite new to the competition, might have proved uh, might have proved the difference in the end. But I think overall, they can be to get out of such a dangerous group uh, is 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 a, is a pretty good achievement, really. Yeah, well, would it be fair to say then that you know once that when when the groups were actually drawn that that Porto fans would be um, what would they say um, quietly optimistic that they they could qualify and and then I, I guess you know quite pleased you know even though it's second place and it's not top in the not top in the group but but quite pleased just to get through. Yeah, definitely. I think I think yeah, the 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 vast majority would have would have uh, had a, had a bit of belief that they they could get through that group, even though there was some some strong teams. Um, you know, as I say, they've got they've got a lot of European uh, pedigree, uh, and fans are sort of you know that success has bred the idea amongst the fans that this you know although these days a a, a team of Porto size is not necessarily expected to to compete in the, the last four and, and whatnot, I think there there is an expectation around the club to to uh, to compete in these competitions and and get certainly get as far as they possibly can. And um, yeah, I think I think there can be no complaints really about how how it went. And um, yeah, they can be pretty pleased to have reached this stage, even though they they probably you know they they can be considered the underdogs to to get to make the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming across to you then, Guy, for the Liverpool perspective. Then, uh, looking back on Liverpool's performance in these group stages, um, probably fair to say that results didn't quite match performances. Um, no, it showed the best and the worst of Liverpool, didn't it? Really, I mean, the first Sevilla game, we were kind of, a, and I think it was Salah's goal. who was a bit lucky, um, but we were really good that first half, and then second half. Um, we kind of just showed what what Liverpool's been about most of this season. I know, I know we're top four and we're probably one of the ones who's not like imploding at the minute. But um, back then, I mean, I think that was the famous Lovren mistake, wasn't it, where he miskicked it, and then it's kind of been. Uh, well, so there's been many of them. Yes, I, I yes. lose count to be honest. There, there, was, there was one the other day, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, it was weird. Then we get into the Spartak game where it's. Uh, one all against the most offensive team I've ever seen play a game of football, and I've seen a lot of Jose Mourinho. <laughs> um, it, and Tony Pulis, I should add. But yeah, that Spartak game was horrendous, and Ocarius made a mistake for the for their free kick. I can't remember who scored, but we should we should have scored about eight goals in that game, and that's not an over exaggeration. It was just it. It was one of those days where we couldn't hit anything, we couldn't score anything, and um, the first couple of games, it, it, I wouldn't say it was, I, I wouldn't say it was a massive worry, but at the same time, it was, it was, it, it was getting a slight concern in the group. I mean, having two points when you've had a, a home game and you've been to Russia against probably the, not not the weapon boy because we had Marapor as well, obviously, but it, they're two games we should have won really, uh, and, and performance-wise we should have as well. Um, and then 
we obviously get on to the two Maribor games and we just did what we needed to do, didn't we? I mean, an aggregate win of 10-0 <laughs> over the home and away game, it's just, it's mad. That 7-0 game, and people had that question mark that it was Maribor, but we were frightening that day. Um, it, it was an absolute unbelievable game. Um, I, can't, I can't remember who scored, but I'm sure, I think Oxlade got his first goal that game um, quite quite possibly yes I, I honestly forget there was so many uh, did did yes. did carrier score that game <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah yeah and that that was a mad game and then the maribor the home maribor game where we won three nil wasn't as electric as before but three nil against maribor when you expect these smaller smaller teams to come park the bus and we, we we've seen our record with that there is the odd slip up in our in our game, and we saw it against Spartak. And anything can happen in the Champions League. The these teams are there for a reason, but we won three nil comfortably. Um, and then we get on to the most horrendous horrendous game since the last severe game or the last severe game before this season is the three all um, in uh, in Spain. Uh, my beloved Alberto Moreno do having his worst game of the season. Um, it was it was just a mad game, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was liver it was it was Liverpool in ninety minutes, wasn't yes, it, really? Yes, absolutely. It was Liverpool season in, in, in encapsulated in in one match. Yeah, there there's moments of brilliance and moments of individual um calamity. It's yes. um yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 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 ups and downs of being a Liverpool fan in ninety minutes. Absolutely. It was it was <laughs> Well, it was just bloody mental, wasn't it? It's <laughs> we, we were freeing it up, weren't we? We were, weren't we? Yeah, cruising half. Yes. Yeah, cruising. First half cruising, second half. Oh yeah, by God. fingernails. <laughs> Good God, yeah, yeah, it was an absolute mad game, and they them getting the equaliser in the ninety third minute, and I think that was the famous game where uh, the coach uh, had apparently used his not not you, sorry, that that sounds like a bad thing, but he obviously revealed to his players that he had cancer, and then it was kind of it was it was very Hollywood, wasn't it? Um, that mm. that game, and uh, I think he's been sacked by, uh, since then, which is a bit sad, but anyway. It's a yep. it's a cruel mistress's football, um, and then on to the second Spartak game where I think we just ended up going. Well, we missed about a million chances in the last game. We'll put uh, another a million past them this time. It, what was it? it was seven one in the end? Can't remember. Yeah, it was it, it was an absolute rout. And I, I I do recall we did the preview before that game, and and it was nerves. Heading into that, that last game, yeah, could have been third, could have been second, could have been top, depending how depending on how results went, and and obviously you know like you've mentioned at the top, you know first time been in it for a few years, uh, not being regulars in it over the last sort of you know seven eight years, so yeah the nerves were there, but you know just fantastic performance wasn't it. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we scored 14 goals in two games, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Uh, I can't really say. I think we matched. I think we matched PSG, or we we broke a record, and then PSG broke a record in <laughs> in most goals in the group stages, which is absolutely mad- madness considering the first couple yeah. of results. Where, as I said, it was a it was a bit edgy going into the rest of the group stage, but we ended up being relatively comfortable. But as you say, before that last Spartak game, it was it was first, second, or third, and fortunately we finished first. But 
even when we go into the draw, I know we'll talk about the Porto game, but we could have ended up with anyone, couldn't we? It was either Barcelona, PSG, Real Madrid. The the pots were so mad this season. I mean, even though Liverpool haven't been in it, I've still watched the Champions League, and it's just been such an open competition. It's absolutely madness. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah, was it was, an, it was a nervy group stage. That's how I'd describe it. Yeah, but the, I mean, in the end, you know, job done by Liverpool. Um, performed well got through uh, and that's what counts and and that so that brings us to where we are now uh so jimmy to come back across to yourself then uh let us talk to us a bit more about portal then let, let us know about what they're about what what's the style of play um how does the manager like to set the team up uh well uh so porto managed by um sergio conceição who you might remember from his playing days uh it's sort of quite a young manager by comparison um but he can be you know he's quite flexible he can tends to sort of switch between 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 depending uh on the game tends to be 4-3-3 perhaps um fixtures away from home or bigger games where they need to be a bit more compact and, and play on the counter very good on the counter um especially when they play with uh, uh, one, up, one up top, really. I think that kind of suits their counter-attack game quite well. Um, the manager's constantly sounds very quite demanding of the players, so they play at quite a high tempo, quite en- uh, high energy, um, can press well. Um, what they've also been good at this season is they've, they've been quite a danger from set pieces as well, so... They'll have to. That'll be something for, for for Liverpool to think about for sure. Because, um, you know, they, they, Porto they've got quite a few um, physical players there as well. You know, not sort of overly aggressive, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of strength uh, and uh, depth throughout the side. And as I say, that the set pieces are definitely one uh, which they'll need need to uh, look out for because they've got some guys who are very good uh, in the air, but um, in particular, that uh, Porto's left back Alex Tellez is has got fantastic delivery of uh, free kicks and corners uh, in particular. So um, that's just a, just just a few of their strengths really for, for for Liverpool to watch out for for sure. So does he? You said that he's quite flexible. Does does he change his approach dependent on the opponents? Then you know you're talking there between different formations and. It, does that style change slightly dependent on the uh, on the opponents, or is it very much we you know we we have a way of playing, uh, and this is you know this this is our philosophy, this is how we'll play. Uh, I think you know when they go four four two and and perhaps when you know which is oft, as is often the case in, in in league matches if you know if they're the if they're the the, the bigger team then they'll, they'll often look to play on the front foot a little bit more, um, and uh, you know. Counterattacking is you you know used for for uh, fixtures against stronger teams. So so uh, as I was saying before that the, they used to counterattack perfectly away to Monaco, where you know the I think I think the ball possession was relatively split in the end, but um, certainly you know if their opponent is going to have more than the ball, then you know rather than Porto dominating, I think four three three is 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 their best setup. But um, yeah, I think um, in terms of the the philosophy of of play, it's it's yeah, it's there is one pretty high and simple demand on the players, which is is that they press and 
and and the, the tempo sort of stays as high as possible throughout. But um, yeah, I think could be an example where you know they want to go on the front foot in, in in the first leg at the drag hour and maybe play four four two, and then perhaps you know or very much dependent on what happens in that first leg, maybe it'll be a more counter-attacking side at Anfield. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, he's a manager who's known for pulling a couple of surprises here and there too. So um, uh, I wouldn't rule that out either. Yeah. I, I was just thinking back actually, you know, to, to the Leipzig games then, because, you know, Leipzig like to play kind of high energy, um, counter-attacking, counter-pressing kind of style. So uh, I wondered, can, can you recall back at just how he set them up for those two games was, was again at the at home to Leipzig was that very much front foot approach to to that team? Yes, the, uh, the 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 Leipzig game. I mean, away from home, as you say, uh, the Leipzig are sort of a little bit similar in that regard, and that they I think that they I think that's a, a thing for their play demand that too. But um, I th- the the return match at the Dragao, I, th- I think saw you know that saw Porto go. A lot four uh, four four two, and when they go four four two, the you know they're, they're, the wingers they use are very attacking. Um, you know they aren't they aren't really um, sort of expected to to help out too much defensively, and the full, and that, and that, that you know, creates an extra to get through. But Porto are quite lucky in that regard because they've got two fantastic fullbacks um, to call on for that. So I think that match was very much. You know, they they had to get. So, you know, he was kind of, um, you know, uh, that 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 was his only option really to set his team up like that. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar kind of setup uh, for the Liverpool game because I think it's, it's, I think to be honest, it's probably pretty common knowledge that I think to to stand a a realistic chance of of getting past Liverpool, I think I think a win in the first leg is is probably uh, you know the minimum that I'd, I'd, it's difficult to see them picking up a a, a win at Anfield. So um, you know I think it could be a case where the manager goes quite quite aggressive. Can can be a bit of a dangerous tactic. <laughs> so you've already mentioned the, the left back uh, and his deliveries from set pieces, but uh, what other key players are there from Porto for for Liverpool to be mindful of? Uh, I think. Well, as yeah, as I say, Alex Tellers is is uh, as a fullback is is one of their most dangerous players, and uh, you know has been supplying so many goals across this season. Um, his opposite fullback, uh, Ricardo Pereira, is, is also in really good form. Wanted by Spurs in the summer, Porto managed to keep hold of him, and uh, he's been brilliant. Um, the standout attacker is probably uh, Yassine Brahimi. Um, He's a brilliant, a brilliant player. A brilliant player who plays on the on the left. Uh, such a good dribbler of the ball. Uh, close control is, is outstanding. When he's when he's on song, he's probably he's probably the best player. I think another uh, an interesting player to to for them to look out for as well, uh, and one who is very sort of become very integral in ter- to to Conceição in terms of the system. The systems he can use is uh, is uh, Musa Morega, uh, particularly as he's more uh, he's equally comfortable playing as a central striker uh, and but also on the right wing. So whether uh, the manager uses four three three or four four two, he'll certainly um, 
he'll certainly be involved. Uh, he's a player who's sort of really um, gone on to another level this year. He was, it was, it had a couple of loan spells recently and um, did well, very well on loan at, at uh, Vittoria Guimaraes last season. But it was sort of common knowledge that he wouldn't be good enough for Porto. But he's he's sort of proved a lot of doubters wrong. Had an excellent season. Um, I would would just like to mention though that the, the probably the the one of the most key players uh, for Porto is is actually going to be uh, out of the game uh, for for the first leg at least, and quite possibly the second leg. And that's their defensive midfielder Danilo who is, again, one of the best players in the country. Portuguese international, we got a few games at the Euros uh, when they won uh, uh, 18 months ago in France. And again, very, uh, you know, if the papers are to be believed anyway, he's very highly sought after. And uh, yeah, for as a defensive midfielder, I, I really rate him. I think he could be, I think he could be, uh, he could definitely go to a, a much stronger team. Um, but yeah, he picked up a calf injury recently, and he's he, so he's going to be a significant uh, miss, especially against such a an attacking team like Liverpool. So, but still, yeah, as I say, plenty of players to uh, to cause uh, all manner of problems, really. What about the the top goal scorer? Is it uh, Abubakar? Yeah, Abubakar has been. Uh, yeah, he's he just went through a little bit of a certainly by his high standards a little bit of a. Lean patch, but um, yeah, it's it's him and him and uh, Morega have been uh, a brilliant double act, really. Um, both got 15 league goals each this season, uh, and Abubakar was another player who's been on loan last year. He was on loan at Besiktas last year, but uh, and it wasn't yeah, he faced a bit of an uncertain uh, future in the summer, but the manager decided to keep him on. The player decided to stay. And, yeah, he's been superb um, overall this season. I mean, he's he's one of these players who occasionally it's finishing a little bit wayward, needs needs quite a few chances to to score. But I think this is certainly uh, with Porto, this has been his best season, and it's been one of his best seasons uh, of his career. So yeah, he he'll be uh, more than a handful for, for for Liverpool if he if he's playing well. And Guy, to come back to yourself, then, you know, given given what we heard there from Jamie about some of the key players and some of the uh, the way that the team likes to be set up and how adaptable they are and uh, and their ethos and and you know how aggressive they are and like to like to press, um, how do you feel Liverpool will will approach this game then? Um, it's a weird one, really. I think a lot of it will depend on how. Um... Porto set up. I mean, if they if they've got tactical flexibility and if they're missing one of their their key players in in defensive midfield, they might be very wary of our our pace up front. So they might sit a bit deeper. So I think it'll it'll depend on who who's fitting available for them by the sounds of it. Um, but for for us, I think it, I think it'd be clever to because obviously obviously the two leg system. I think it'd be it'd be clever for us to be a bit cautious. I mean, we don't want we don't want to be pressing the fullbacks way up high. We don't want to expose the centre backs with with one holding midfielder, especially when Emery Chan's going to miss through suspension, which is a big worry for me. Um, I think we'll I think we'll be slightly cautious um, and. and um, Try and hope the front three do a bit of magic. Try and keep the the central midfield 
pack to a certain degree, maybe keep two back rather than one that we've seen in the past. And I think we'll we'll probably see Joe Gomez and keep that back free thing and then let the left back do his thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that'd be the best way for me is try and get try and get a draw or, or even sneak a, an away win, just avoid losing at all costs and then take it back to Anfield where we where we've been good this season. It's uh, it's important, and I, I, I trust I trust Klopp over two legs. Whereas we we saw our last Champions League um, uh, just just go down, just go up in flames. Where I think this one, every everyone trusts the manager in this system. We we saw the Europa League run. Klopp knows how to negotiate uh, tough two-legged games, doesn't he? Yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah, it need a little bit of nous. Uh, we didn't yes, have yes. that before. We, we yeah, he's got a bit more nous. Um, yeah, it sounds. It's, I mean, it sounds. It sounds to me that yeah, the, the set pieces sometimes they can be an issue for us. So that that mm-hmm. could be something we've got to be wary of. But um, yeah, I, I do. I do wonder whether or not we might get. Um, you know, we might find the temptation a little too difficult to um, to shy away from that if Porto like to to press and potentially leave some spaces for us to potentially think we can go for this and we. Can kill it off. Another five uh, and, all. <laughs> and maybe get caught. Yeah, and maybe get caught out by doing it. So, yeah, I think um, there's so much riding on this first leg, isn't there? Mm. I think there's there's a massive balance to be found be- before. Yeah, there's a massive balance to be found to either go for an away goal, which is almost as important as like a draw, or just trying to keep the score low so they don't have a big advantage. So it, it is a weird one. Um, I'd rather keep the clean sheet because one goal for us ter- certainly turns into three pretty quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but just just. Coming back to Porto then, Jamie, yeah, what about the recent domestic form then? Because obviously the Champions League group stage is finished in early December. So what what about in the, you know, in the, in the sort of 10, 10 or so weeks since then, 10, 11 weeks since that finished? Um, oh, in, um, am I talking about 10, 11 weeks? It's not been that long, is it? Uh, a couple of months, I should say, since uh, since then. How have Porto been faring? Yeah, so... Uh... Porto have been, uh, I mean, they're, they're having a great season uh, domestically. Um, they're still technically unbeaten. Uh, and and they're the top, top of the table um, by a couple of points at the moment. They they did, um, by those particular high standards that they've set, um, there's been a couple of bumps uh, in the road of late. They had a sort of disappointing nil-nil draw away at... Um, a lowly team in in Morirents. Uh They lost in their League Cup semi-final to to Sporting on on penalties, um, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But uh, yeah, I think they looked to have just about turned the corner just just at the right time, really. Um, they, they played Sporting uh, on Wednesday night in uh, another domestic cup uh, semi-final. Um, sort of their equivalent of the FA Cup and, and, and beat them in a, in a first leg 1-0. Uh, and last weekend they got a really, really important um, win against uh, Braga, who've, who've been very good this season and won, uh, won their particular Europa League group, I believe. Um, so they look to have sort of just about got over a, what what can only really be described as a bit of a hiccup, really, because as I say, they've been unbeaten throughout the com- campaign deservedly top and um yeah the manager's done done a great job job really especially as they're under such pressure to win uh, win a trophy i think it was 
2013 was the last time they um, won any silverware. So for a club of Porto's size, that's you know f- far too long a wait. So um, yeah, I think I think going into this one, despite a couple of those um, couple of key um, absentees to a couple of players, I think I think the form is just about getting back to where it should be really. Mm, interesting then. So so. We can't go without match predictions. So, Jamie, based on that, then uh, I mean, you've took us through everything around Porto, and 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 as you've said there, you know that the confidence is good. They're, they're playing well. Um, wh- what do you expect re- um, result-wise from this game on Wednesday night? Then, uh, phew, it's difficult to say. Really, I'm never usually very good at the, <laughs> these sorts of things, but um, I think. I think the atmosphere at the, at the ground, you know, is for the, for these big matches, um, is often it's it's always so good and so and and can be you know a little bit intimidating at times for away teams. And we've seen um, in the re- recent seasons, of, you know, they've, they've picked up some really big results at home. Um, few, a few years back now, I think it was the 14-15 season. I sort of remember very vividly watching. Watching them beat Bayern Munich in, in in a first leg there, in just an incredible performance, and you know Bayern sort of wilted under the lights really. And uh, I remember seeing Chelsea. Uh, I think it was the year after in 15-16 in the group stage, was sort of very um, very competently outplayed on the night um, at the Dragao. So I think I think there'll be no shortage of difficulty for sure. Um, but uh, you know, Liverpool are so, as 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 you've said, um, and uh, as as we all know, Liverpool are so potent going forward um, that it's difficult to see um, them keeping them keeping them out for for 90 minutes on the night. So uh, I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I think maybe a, maybe a score draw um, is is the is is what I think could happen. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a really uh, interesting contest. I think on paper it's one of the most it's got the potential to be one of the most exciting uh, ties across two legs for sure. Yeah, sorry to put you on the on the spot there, but um, I have to put people on the spot. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Goes with the territory. <laughs> Guy, come on then. Your turn. Match prediction. Uh, how do, how do you think this one's going to turn out for for Liverpool? Do you do you think similar lines to to uh, Jamie here that it, it, we could be looking at a score draw? I'm parking straight on the fence and going one one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> be careful with them splinters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I must admit I think it's it's one of them. It's it's very. It's very plausible to to see that as a, as an outcome, but I I think as the, as you made the point, Jamie, it's it's one of those games with the, with the with the teams involved where it's you know it feasibly could be anything, you know we could we we literally could just see anything here. Um, I, I guess it's uh, we'll it we'll just have to wait and see on the night. Um, but anyway, look, Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a pleasure and and an education for myself and and guy, an education for you as well. Learned a bit about Porto. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the only thing I knew, the only thing I knew before this is that Deco and Marine. <laughs> that's what that's my knowledge is the 2014. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, they've they've certainly they've certainly moved on since then. Uh, look, it's go, it's going to be um, it's going to be a, a hell of a task for Liverpool, uh, and make no mistake about it. Uh, you know, an absolutely pivotal night for both teams. But you know, the, there you have it. Um, a huge one ahead for Liverpool. Um, Valentine's night, so let's hope it's not a St. Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> uh, a certain, well, certainly not um, in Porto's favour anyway. But uh, So my thanks to Guy Drinkle and to Jamie Farr and our thanks to all of you for tuning in and hitting that download button. Uh, we will be back before the second leg at Anfield, but until then, from me, Andy Wales, it's bye-bye now. Network.